I'm Autumn Lockett. And this is Mitch Randall. And you're listening to Good Faith Weekly. Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. On this episode, Autumn and I are going to catch up. We're going to celebrate Good Faith Media's one-year anniversary, talk about the spread of the Delta variant in COVID-19. And then later on the pod, Autumn and I sat down with two really cool people, the Reverends Ashley Robinson and Jenna Sullivan. They've got a new podcast, Revs on the Road. So stay tuned. I'm Reverend Starlet Thomas, a womanist in ministry and the host of a new podcast, The Raceless Gospel, from Good Faith Media. We're going to talk about that taboo trinity, race, religion, and politics. Season one of The Raceless Gospel has five episodes, five Sundays, if you will. We're going to take you to church each episode. We're going to talk about the sticks and stones, the skin and bones of Christian discipleship through the structure of a church service. And each episode, we're joined by a special guest who will bring a word. The Raceless Gospel Podcast, five episodes, all available March 22nd. I'm your podcast pastor, Reverend Starlet Thomas. Join us as we march into and beyond race, religion, and politics. Learn more at goodfaithmedia.org. Happy anniversary, Autumn. Woohoo, Good Faith Media. We are one year old and we are 15 years wiser. Am I right? <laughs> that's, that's exactly <laughs> right. Oh, they said start a new organization. They said, they said it'd be great. They said it was, you know, it would be a life changing event. They didn't right. mention that there was going to be a global pandemic taking place. <laughs> A global pandemic that drastically impacts the folks that are right at the epicenter of your like main audience, which is church folk. <laughs> that's right. That's you exactly. Know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a great year, but boy, those first couple of months uh, were tough. I mean, we were excited. I mean, the staff pulled together, did some amazing work, pivoting from some of our traditional offerings. Uh, and it was it was it was tough, but man, we've got through it. We're celebrating one year, and oh, what a year it has been! Mm-hmm. What are some of your highlights uh, over the last year? You know, I think. Some of my favorite things that we've done were the forums, the Good Faith forums. We, yeah, I think in normal life, we probably would have done those in person in places where we had, uh, you know, a good amount of our, of our readers and listeners and folks who contribute. And so, but by making them online, we were able to reach a really diverse amount of people. So that was really rewarding. Yeah. I mean, the three series of forums we did, the one on racial justice, uh, you know, just a couple of months after the death of uh, George Floyd, I thought was very, very well done. Our uh, MCs, our panelists were great. I mean, just, just really, really superb. And I learned a, so, I learned so much uh, listening yes. to them uh, in those conversations. And then the one on public education. I know, you know, parents were struggling back uh, in those days of, of were they going to send their kids back to school, how they were going to do it. Uh, all that. That was, an, that was an entire year ago when we were talking about that. And, and uh, you know, we were going into the fall. Everybody was expecting uh, COVID to, to explode during the fall months, and which it did. Um, and so we were having those conversations and, and brought experts in the field to talk about that. And it was just a, a great, a great moment of community talking about honestly and authentically about what was going on, uh, expressing our concerns, but also a hope for trying to do what we can to make certain that we, our kids are taken care of uh, during this time period. And then the forum on the election. Oh my goodness. I mean, one of the most. Oh, stu- we forgot to include that element of life in our first year <laughs> that we survived an election and an insurrection. <laughs> we did. <laughs> so the, the country politically was in complete upheaval as well. That's exactly right. 
You know, the forum uh, about faith and, and politics and the election of 2020 was, was really well done, and some great, great participants in that. Again, learned so much when it came to that. You know, I think one of the highlights for me in the last year is when you and I went to the Black Lives uh, Matter uh, rally here in Norman. Cliff Vaughn uh, went over to Little Rock and covered uh, their Black Lives Rally Matter, rally there. It was just a, a really moving experience to be part of a crowd who was so passionate about what they were marching for. Uh, and it wasn't out of animosity. It was certainly out of frustration, anger in a system that has been oppressive for so long and really calls for change. And the, the, But the real thing came out of is calling the names of the deceased. Mm-hmm. And I still am taking that with me everywhere I go, because so often when we hear about victims of violence, whether it's police violence or whether it's you know, violence in the streets or whether it's racial violence, a lot of times we forget that the victims of that violence, they, they were babies once. They're children. Mm-hmm. They have parents. They, had, they grew up as a child. They had an adolescence. They're flesh and blood people. And a lot of times we just think that we just lump them in as a statistic. Yeah, they're not just a number. They're not just you a number. You might even say they matter. <laughs> That's right. And to, to call out their names mm-hmm. not only humanizes them, but it makes us remember that these are God's children, each mm-hmm. and every one of them. You know, and I think about that as the news began to break out of Canada over the last month or so in, with the indigenous uh, children graves in British Columbia and, and now in Saskatchewan, the thousands of children who died. It would be easy just to be appalled by that number, but not let's forget, let's never forget that each one of those numbers were children, little brown-eyed, brown-headed children. They look like my boys. They look mm-hmm. like me when I was a kid. And their lives were cut down short. And, so and, and that, they were taken, forcibly taken from their parents. Yeah. Like, as a mom, like, I just, I cannot fathom that. They were forcibly taken. They were, their parents were lied to uh, and convinced that by giving their children up, that they would have somehow have a better life, uh, which was not the case. Um, mm-hmm. And so... So, yeah, that, that was just a, a real poignant moment for me is the naming of victims because it just it was a reminder that these are not just victims. These are flesh and blood people. So, mm-hmm. But I, mean, I just can't imagine. I mean, all the things that we've done this year, it's just been really, really remarkable from all of the great columnists we have uh, over a plethora of topics to, oh, my gosh, podcast. This yeah, podcast. podcast has been um – I think it was the sleeper. You know, you and I, I think we're on a plane going to San Antonio to talk about this merger. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about podcast and dreaming about what a good faith media podcast singular would look like. <laughs> right. And then we looked up and all of a sudden I can't even count how many podcasts we have going right now. Yeah. It's been really remarkable. Um, you know, when the pandemic broke, obviously all travel ceased, which meant that we could no, we could no longer shoot video in places that we would have traveled to meetings. We would have attend interviews we would have conducted. Uh, and we had all that in the works, but uh, obviously the pandemic brought that to a halt. And so Cliff Vaughn and our media production team did a great job pivoting from that offering to podcast. We launched Good Faith Weekly over a year ago during the pandemic. That led to Good Faith Reads, Good Faith Stories. Uh, We've got The Raceless Gospel with Starlet Thomas now, Discovering Wholeness with Kendall Rathaus and Jillian Drader. We've got a partnership with Lock Carey, Striving Thriving in Ministry. Uh, I mean, goodness, we've got so many. What am I? I'm forgetting another we one. We told uh, Brother Molly. We told Brother Molly, Molly that's right. Story. Yeah, the narrative Brother Molly. What a great story. I uh, still need to go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to it. And we've got a new podcast we're going to talk about here in a little bit called uh, Revs on the Road. But yeah, it's been really amazing to the extent that we're really excited about September when we launch the Good Faith Media podcast network and mm-hmm. we're really excited about bringing on our partners and developing this network that we can uh, share together and that we can grow together it's really going to be a, a really neat thing to see yeah it's very exciting and i love 
the focus on, you know, I feel like something that Good Faith Media does well, and it's okay for us to brag on ourselves because it's our birthday. So, right, we can say what we're doing. Is that we're just meeting such a wide spectrum of people, you know, our nurturing faith journal and Bible study meets a lot of different ages and stages, our podcast, our voices from, you know, veteran pastors to like brand new baby pastors, Mm -hmm. to therapists, to people like me who have no skins on the wall at all, but just like to talk about churchy stuff. (laughs) And so, and I, you know, I just think it's so interesting that you can, that we're able to bridge that. And sometimes it feels strained. But it's with hard work and with careful attention and listening to the voices that are around us, I think we're meeting a lot of needs. Absolutely. You know, I recently started teaching a Sunday school class at our church at North Haven here in Norman, Oklahoma, and I used uh, Tony Cartledge's Bible curriculum, and it is outstanding. I mean, I knew it was good, but... And Missy able... and I hear that a lot when people call to like read their <laughs> journal, like, I need Tony's journal. We're like, well, it's not called Tony's journal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, quite should... cer- I'm quite certain there's a Facebook fan page of Tony Cartledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it, it is really outstanding. And of course, our offering that got... Uh, that got affected the most was our experiences. We haven't mm-hmm. had an experience in over a year and a half now due to the pandemic, but we're booking, we're I'm booking trips. Yeah, we're really excited. People are going to be able to go up to Montana and uh, Yellowstone and Glacier National here soon with uh, Bruce Gorley, who is an expert on all things national park. It's going to be so so cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about our first year being under our belt. Um, I was a teacher in my past life. And I remember just getting through my first year of teaching and then going back the second year in early August and being like, oh, I have notes about all of this. Like, <laughs> I know how this goes. Now, there's going to be a lot of, you know, variables and things that are going to change, but at least we've done it for a year. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of variables, Autumn, they're not all good. Uh, there's no, a not. variable afoot. Um, you know, we've made so many positive strides in combating COVID, but now there's this variant that is the main variant here in the United States called the Delta variant when it comes to COVID-19. And just earlier today on CNN, they reported that there are five clusters in the United States that are really putting all unvaccinated people at risk. And that begins in West Georgia, moving through uh, Mississippi and Alabama, and then Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, parts of the Texas, Pan- Texas and Oklahoma panhandle. These five clusters are putting so many other people at risk. And then you just heard a report from the New York Times. Yeah, the New York Times just broke right before we started recording that the Delta variant is especially effective against people, against like human immune systems. So if you've had COVID before and your body, you know, produces some immunity to it, the Delta variant seems to be able to overpower that, but it is not able to overpower folks who've been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So yet again, science, folks. Exactly. And, you know, as you and I were talking off of uh, off the recording a moment ago, looking at these clusters, it's not it's not a coincidence where these clusters uh, are emerging. No, leadership politicized a virus and we are still all suffering the results of that. Mm hmm. You know, my, we just moved my son out to Los Angeles and Los Angeles County, you know, suffered for so long under COVID restrictions and, and so many people were getting sick and dying. Well, because of Delta now, they are requesting that all vaccinated people wear masks indoors. Mm. These people who are refusing to get vaccinated for political reasons or for the crazy th- conspiracy theories out there. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. And they to also cease. refuse to mask. They refuse to vaccinate and they refuse to mask. Yeah, because I just want to remind you that even those of us who believe in the vaccine, who have been vaccinated, a lot of our children are not vaccinated. Mm-mm. And if this Delta variant can emerge, trust me, another variant could emerge that attacks children. Yeah. Oh, and it's, I feel like it's only a matter of time. Oh, it is a matter of time because the way a virus works, it has to have a host. And this is why, this is why it mutates is because it's got to find a host. 
and it works. It's fine. It, this is this is nature. <laughs> this is simple nature's science. Uh, you know, it it will mutate to f- try to find a host, and if it can find a host and then multiply, that's what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. And so, all these people who refuse to get vaccinated as adults and are allowing this Delta variant to continue to um, reproduce to reproduce. At some time, if even if they get a vaccine at this time, that thing is going to mutate again and try to find a host. And mm-hmm. sadly, if it runs out of adult bodies, it's going to find children. Right, right. It's already killed off the most vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, before we had a vaccine. And so, yeah, it's it's really it's really frustrating as someone who has three kiddos who can't be vaccinated yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, they're still masking up when we go anywhere indoors. I'm masking up when I'm with them just in solidarity because sure. it's, you know, 95 degrees and I feel like a villain if I ask them <laughs> to mask and right. I don't. Uh, but we, we are typically the only group wherever we are who is, who is um, masked. Yeah. You know, people yeah. are just sort of free for, free for all. And I just don't, I just don't understand it. It's selfish. It's silly. And I think. I know we've talked about this before, but I think apart from it being politicized, there's a generation who is living right now, um, I'm among it, you're among it, who don't remember polio, Mm -hmm. who don't remember smallpox, who don't remember these diseases that just rampaged through Mm -hmm. the U.S. And those folks were so thankful to have their vaccines and to, to get that in. I just, and I'm sure there were folks who didn't want to get the vaccine back then too, but I just, we've got to remember where we've come from. Yeah, but it wasn't, have... it wasn't as politicized as it is today. And, yeah. you know, the last administration and those who support the last administration have, have really done a disservice uh, to this country and to humanity because of their, their desire to politicize this. And it's still going on today. And there's literal blood on their hands. I agree 100%. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some better news. And that is Good Faith Media has a new podcast, Revs on the Road. Beep, 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 yeah. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Reverends uh, Ashley Robinson and Jenna Sullivan are the co-host of Revs on the Road. And it's just a delightful podcast. Tell them a little bit about the idea. So uh, Jenna and Ashley are uh, Wilshire residents, so they're in a, a, Dallas, a preaching, Texas. preaching residency in Dallas, Texas, and they come from two completely, um, well, they're similar, but they're mm-hmm. different walks, and their their journeys to ministry were very different, and as they sort of met each other and talked to one another, they discovered that they had, in fact, Mitch, hold on to your chair chat. Got it. It's they, they had experienced God in church. And this community of faith outside the church walls. <gasps> you mean outside stained glass window and walls? Yes. That's crazy. Jesus exists outside of a pew. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Oh. Let's all think about it. Uh, I'm going to so, pray about and, it. And as they you know, got to, to know one another and to share these stories, they thought, hey, we need to get this message out. There is more to tell. It is, and it's a delight. They they interview guests on a weekly basis, but their banner back and forth. I mean, it's like that they have been long lost friends forever. Uh, they're just funny. And it's like you're their long lost friend. Like anytime <laughs> I see Jen and Ashley on our calendar, I am so excited, and I like go ahead and clear my calendar for like thirty minutes after that meeting because I know we're just going to sit around and chit chat. They are so fun. They are. They are delightful, and I know that you're going to. Uh, enjoy their new podcast. There are two episodes uh, out right now. Uh, make certain that you subscribe to Revs on the Road wherever you listen to podcasts. And Autumn and I had the privilege of sitting down with them this week to talk about this new podcast, Revs on the Road. And you're just going to love it as we did. So stay tuned. <laughs> I'm Jenna. I'm Ashley. And we are Reverends. Revs on the road. Pop in the car with us and come along for the ride. As we step out of the pulpit and see what God is up to in the world. We're not leaving the church. We're just finding it in all kinds of beautiful places. Revs on the road, a podcast from Good Faith Media. We travel the country. From the comfort of our place in Dallas for now. And catch up with beautiful people doing God's work. 
advocating for disability rights, healing from church hurt and spiritual abuse, promoting mental health and the power of community, integrating spirituality and art, working for racial justice, and so much more. We've got red light rants, pit stops, and detours. Faith is a journey, and we're on it. So ride along with us, The Revs, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Revs on the Road. I'm Jenna. And I'm Ashley. We're Revs on the Road, a podcast from Good Faith Media. Learn more at goodfaithmedia.org. Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly, and on this episode, we've got two extremely special guests with us today, Reverend Ashley Robinson and Reverend Jenna Sullivan. Reverend Robinson is a pastoral resident at Wilshire Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. She came to the program after completing her Master's of Divinity degree from Central Baptist Theological Seminary. She was previously volunteer and development director for Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta nonprofit that serves homeless LGBTQ youth. Ashley worked as executive assistant for Baptist Women in Ministry and as Minister of Music and Administration at Decatur United Church of Christ in Decatur, Georgia. She earned her Bachelor's of Music degree in 2004 and a Master's of Music degree in 2009 from the University of Alabama. Reverend Sullivan is also a resident at Wilshire. She was previously associate pastor at Magnolia Road Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. She completed her Master's of Divinity degree in Wake Forest, from Wake Forest University School of Divinity in 2018. She's native of Little Rock, Arkansas, earned her bachelor's degree from Rhodes College in Memphis with a religious study major and Africana study minor in 2015. She served internships at First Baptist Church of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and Second Baptist of Memphis, Tennessee. And now both of them had started an incredible podcast called Revs on the Road. Ashley, Jenna, welcome to Good Faith Weekly. Yay. Yeah, you just made me sound really important, Mitch. <laughs> there was no, no making about it. I mean, you two are really important. I was like, that's a, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's impressive resumes, both of you. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So you guys are rock stars. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, so we've got your bio information, which I just, you know, pulled from the website. And, and you know, you guys are, are great, obviously, well-educated, lots of experience. But let's find out a little bit more about Ashley and Jenna. So tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up. Uh, I think, Ashley, you in Georgia and Jenna in Arkansas. And... What was it like when you received this call of ministry uh, in your life? So, uh, Ashley, let's start with you. Tell us more about Ashley. Uh, It's funny because I always, growing up, swore that I would never be a minister. You're Uh, both preacher kids, yes? Yes. I learned Uh, that from the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) It explained Uh, a lot. Bless your hearts. (laughs) Right. Um, My dad's a pastor. Um, I'm also a typical pastor's kid and a typical middle child. Um, so just combine those two. And, Poor and Jan. I really do, <laughs> really do fit the bill for both of those. But um, I, I didn't feel, a, I call it a pull instead of a calling. Um, I didn't feel the pull toward ministry until much, much later um, into adulthood, um, where I discovered that ministry could look different than what I knew it could be when I was growing up. I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. Um, I didn't see a woman in the pulpit until I was in my 20s. Um, My sister, however, always felt a call to ministry. And I I teased her because she was the perfect one. You know, she was the um, summer missionary. (laughs) She was Marsha. Well, she was was a summer missionary. I was making a testimony. Um, (laughs) Hey, you you have to have one of those. I mean, you really do. To get anywhere in this world, you got to have a testimony. testimony. So that's that's, that's my journey. Um, I weaved in and out of the church. I, I I am prone to wonder. I so love that. That, mm-hmm. that is how my pulling to ministry happens. Yeah. And I love that pulling. I mean, some people yeah. call it call, other people call it pull. I call it trapped in ministry, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> horn swoggled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Horn swoggled. You know. Funny I can only imagine your like stubbornness Ooh. resistance to that pull though Ooh. because like you don't get pulled into anything easily no I don't I'm very so stubborn. that's a big deal for you to mm-hmm. 
respond to that like i really want to be i wish i was a fly on the wall to know like what that looked like between you and god and god v ashley (laughs) (laughs) that is not like that actually makes me believe in god more (laughs) career because i know how stubborn you are that i finally stopped digging my heels in yeah Yeah. i am you know and i think this tells you a lot about me I think for me, I had to have the the pull and the want to to not get things wrong. So Mm -hmm. here's here's kind of where the turning point was. I was writing a lot. Um, I was I started as a blogger back when people still blogged and um, I was getting some traction and when I was writing, I kept writing what I would call God-ish stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had this pull, like every time I would sit down to write, it would be theologically leaning. Um, And I kept thinking, God, I don't want to mess this up Mm -hmm. Um, because I had encountered so many people that had doled out really harmful theology to me mm-hmm. and to other people. And so there is this, that might make sense too, because there is also this pull for me to not get it wrong, to get everything right, sure. you know, yeah. <laughs> which is also not the most healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that in seminary too, that you can't always get everything right. So that. <laughs> Amen to that. But um, it, it was um, a turning point for me because I thought if I'm going to keep writing about God-ish stuff, and it keeps showing up in my writing, and it keeps showing up in my journey, I want to learn more, and I want to know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't want to hurt people with this, like I was hurt with this. Um, So that's kind of what Mm -hmm. kept me from digging my heels in even more. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing your story. And Jenna, you grew up a bunch uh, amongst a bunch of Arkansans calling the hogs. So, how in the world did you hear your call of ministry with all that noise going on in Arkansas? <laughs> all that <laughs> Gosh, they probably wish I knew more about football. It's so sad. <laughs> it took me so long to understand what a first down. Roll was. Tide, roll Tide. No woo pig. <laughs> Uh, you at least know that that's good right, right. no pig yeah for sure um i yeah i think i i was like i've always felt the pull i mean i've just i've like just been from childhood really deep and thoughtful and angsty and just like all the things like just <laughs> you know just a really sensitive kid um really a good girl like I talked about that in the podcast but I think that was kind of my entryway into ministry is because caretaking and being Mm -hmm. good just was sort of a survival skill for me as a kid and so it fit really well into the skills you need for ministry you know or to like feel that sense of like caring for others um and then I think you know I talked about this in our intro but the church just was like my favorite place in the world like I had the most amazing home church experience I still think I still feel so grateful for that and I think it's such a perfect part of my story because you know as like um as a queer person like what amazing like God was just really amazing in like preserving me in the institution right because i think if i would have had a harmful experience i wouldn't have stayed in min i would never have gone to ministry because mm. so many lgbtq people are so have been so wounded and so sure. i really feel like it's like god's master plan and i don't i don't really think of theology that way often but for me i kind of do because i think i was preserved in the institution and had this love for the institution so early because I had this amazing experience at Second Rock um, of feeling really seen and loved and valued. Mm. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is how I, this is what I want to do. I want to be part of the church. Like mm. I want to, I want to, you know, be a leader here. So 
Well, I, for one, am so glad that both of you gave into that pool because the church uh, and the world is a better place because both of you are serving in it. So I'm just yes. thankful for that story, those stories and, and that you, you know, relented and finally said, all right, I give up, God. I'm going to do this. <laughs> So as women in ministry, how do you assess the current climate for women seeking to serve in Baptist churches and leadership positions? Ooh, that's a loaded question, Autumn. Uh, He's going in on it. Yeah. Loaded. This is why we love good faith media, though. locked and loaded today. Mm -hmm. Mm. mm. And that says a lot right there. I, I, I I think we might have a different opinion on this yeah i tend to i try to come at this from a a place of abundance because i think that hashtag theology of abundance she teases me all the time it's annoying it is annoying and i annoy myself with it but i do you explain that for the person with the least amount of degrees in the room please (laughs) i don't know what that means well just like the the short version is there's enough for everyone. There's mm-hmm. enough to go around. Mm-hmm. And I do that on purpose because in my core, that's not what I go to naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, there's a clawing to explain though, what you mean though, there's enough. So obviously for women, for positions of women leadership in Baptist life, the traditional narrative is there's not enough, right? right? Like there aren't many out there. There aren't many churches that are really interested in having a woman. And so I think what I tease her about though, is because she's just always saying like, no, there is enough. Like there, there will be enough positions for everyone. And the more realist person in me is like, okay, but no, I can count on my hand. The, 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 the women who have influence and you know so anyways go ahead go ahead yeah I mean I see and I tell myself that the abundance story because I also see the realistic point mm-hmm. and the realistic side and I see that it's it feels limiting and I, I see that there are a few positions among us but I also see that as women we are told that we're competitive mm-hmm. in a way that is cutthroat and it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Even though there are limited positions, it doesn't have to be um, a story of us clawing each other down and knocking each other down. Mm-hmm. I think it can be a story of, it's really hard to celebrate when somebody gets a position I wanted, but I know <laughs> that that we can celebrate each other, even mm-hmm. if it's really difficult. And mm-hmm. the truth is like, at some point, we'll probably be applying for the same job. Mm-hmm. I thought about that as and we that, go into the next year, and that's, that's really going to be suck. It's gonna and it's gonna be a test of our friendship. I think, though. I mean, not. I think we'll win the test. We'll win. Well, yeah, but because you, I will. Because yeah. I because I do know that. Like, and I think that's what's so revolutionary about our friendship and collaboration. Do you ever see two men? I mean, no. This is getting sassy. I don't mean to get this sassy, <laughs> but like, okay, it is rare. Like. Like, I feel like it kind of goes against the system for, for two women to support each other mm-hmm. and collaborate and not see a power struggle yeah. or a, like, we are a true partnership. Like, there isn't, like, a boss and a follower. Like, I mean, I mean, unless it's a bad day and you're <laughs> feeling bossy, but, um, you know, like, we truly support each other. And I, I think that that's so important to model because in our, in our Baptist bubbles and in our church bubbles, it's, it's, you just don't see collaboration mm-hmm. modeled no. among men and, and women. women. Like, like it that is, is so, that's the interesting part. So Mitch and I asked a very similar question to Starlette and Elisa. Was it two weeks ago, Mitch? Yeah, or last two weeks week? ago. And they had a very similar, like, waited a minute. And then we're both they both had similar things to say and not just about men keeping the door closed to them, but about sort of the inability of or unwillingness of women to hold that door and that, yes. that door open. That it is that power struggle. And it's this feeling of like, there's such a limited space that if I don't 
claw down the door and mm-hmm. shut it right behind me mm-hmm. there's that's that's the only space I'm going to get and nobody mm-hmm. else can have it and and the reality is that I know this is going to be a difficult road mm-hmm. I see that I I know that in the coming year, as we both apply for jobs, and you can't be in Baptist circles, honestly, and not be applying for the same jobs as many of your peers. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's how you approach it. And the difference is when we do apply for similar jobs, I we will both have a genuine excitement for the other because we know that God is part of this and that the right fit the it's 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 your journey it's not it, and that's our bring god back into yeah. it okay sure. and it will be complicated it will be hard mm-hmm. and it will be painful mm-hmm. and it will there will be feelings and and but it doesn't have to be this narrative that mm-hmm. we are given mm-hmm. that there's not enough mm-hmm. and that it's cutthroat yeah. it doesn't have to be cutthroat mm-hmm. like it does not have to be that way you know listening because to you god, god is the really the one you know distributing this god is generous and god is abundant and so mm-hmm. with our callings and our jobs it's it's it, i do i love that keeping that perspective you know, and, and listening to both of you talk um what comes to mind is that a lot of times when we talk about women in ministry or we talk about the emerging generation because i've had several conversations with both male and female uh clergy recently who, you know, are, are south of uh, 40-ish uh, and who are really struggling with, you know, what's next in their career because the doors are not opening for them in a traditional setting. And uh, one of the things that I've been inspired by over the last, uh, you know, five or six years is to see this emerging generation of leadership when the doors of the traditional church are closed that this generation is not sulking, but finding new doors, not only to open, but really building new doors to, to, to walk through. And so they're creative, they're entrepreneurial, they're, they're finding things outside the stained glass windows of a traditional church. And you're going to love this as a segue. That's exactly what you're doing with Rebs on the Road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yeah. you yeah. are defining what you're redefining what the church truly is. And we've all said this and known this for, you know, centuries upon centuries, but you're identifying it and you're telling these stories about how the Holy Spirit, how God is moving outside those traditional walls. And it's not a criticism of the church. And it's not, as you you know say in the first episode, it's not an abandonment of the traditional church, but it's the acknowledgement that you know, hey, God's not limited to these four walls and to to do work under the steeple. God's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So right. let's talk about Revs on the Road. Um, tell us a little bit about how you came up with this idea. <laughs> oh, 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 you want to know that? <laughs> Please tell me it begins one night in a bar. <laughs> one rainy Gina night in v. Dallas in a bar. Or also Jenna V. Ashley, because both are a struggle. So I, I mean, we have always like had great conversations and this is, I'm so glad I'm getting to tell this story. Tell it, tell it. I have my own version. Okay. Um, Everyone has a story. So I was like, we, we always have these great conversations and, and I mean, what, what the podcast is, is really just a continuation of what's happened since we became friends. Like we've had the same conversations, you know? And so I think one day I was just, I think I had the idea of a podcast and I said, Ashley, let's do a podcast. No. And she was like, no, no. Yeah. I had reasons. Though. Hang on. I'm gonna let you tell your side, but I'm telling my side. I did have reasons. And so she was just like, no. And when she says no, like, this girl does not do what she doesn't want to do. Like well, from, her, from her pulling story, we, we got that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it's, if it's a no, it's a no, like it's a no. So I knew I had work to do because I knew that this was a great idea. And I was like, please, like I will produce it. I said, I, cause she goes, he goes, no, no, please. Ashley, can we do a podcast? No, no. 
and it's not it's not like i'll think about that it's like when she says no it's like no so you talk about what made you say no so my no was because i have done a podcast before um it's still up lexio diversa um it was part of my um master's project um as part of central baptist seminary um so our final project um was a creative project and so i did this podcast um where i interviewed different people and related it to the lectionary and it was a fun project and it was so oh my gosh it took so much time and all the details and all the things and all and and i love to listen to podcasts and all i heard was time when she said podcast all i heard was time so i said no mm -hmm. Because we were in the middle, we we're in the middle of this this new residency, um, mm. and I was like, "No, <laughs> I don't, I don't know where you know." <laughs> right, so, sure, yeah. I mean, it's not like you didn't have anything going on, right? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I had done one before, and so sure. I knew the the ins and outs and the details. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's where my no came from. Mm -hmm. That's so. why I joke that we're the gas and the brakes. And I never mean that in a way because I <laughs> genuinely believe that if you put your foot on the gas the whole time, like I would drive us into the I have so much energy and dreams and belief in us that I think I, I it's like the gas. I would just drive us into, you know, the, ocean. into the ocean, you know, right, sure. but on the opposite side, she is really brake heavy at times. <laughs> and if you are always have your foot on the brakes, you will say no to great ideas. Yeah. Well, that makes you guys a great team. And after listening to the first episode, I mean, it's just really, really well done. And you guys have done a good job of, you got a great chemistry and I'm looking forward to this upcoming season. So the idea of Revs on the Road, as we've already indicated, is to take the audience outside the traditional walls of the church. Let's go back to kind of that, uh, that discussion we were having earlier. Do you think the definition and application of church is changing and that we're all acknowledging that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How so? I don't, I don't think everyone is acknowledging it. Ah, there you go. Mm -hmm. But yes, it's changing. Mm -hmm. How so? I think it, well, let me, let me rephrase that. I think the definition of church is changing from the American 1960, 1970s church that, that was developed in that time period. The, the church on the corner that everyone felt obligated to go to, um, where the, the pews were full um, and they were there several nights a week. That idea of church um, that many of us grew up with is changing. Um, the idea of church capital C that has been historically changing <laughs> since it began, um, I think is something that will continue to change through mm -hmm. our lifetimes mm -hmm. um, because we are going to continue to find ways to be community and to to walk in the way of Jesus Christ and and find ways to to tell the story of Jesus and, and find God in the world. Um, that's always going to be changing. But the church we know um, is, I, I really feel like, mm -hmm. in a time of change. In the first episode, oh, both yeah. of you talk about finding church in gay bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that experience. I mean, what do you mean when you, you found church in, in gay bars? <gasps> You caused some ruckus on our Facebook page, by the way. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Facebook. Yay! <laughs> I, what, what I mean by that is I meet people who are wounded and seeking God. Like, mm. that's, you know, and, and then having those conversations um, that feel so much holier than, like, a lot of conversations you have at church, you know, where people have their best face on, they have their, they've dressed up. Which um, bread of Christ do you like the best? Like, let's all have our church conversation. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, you just, it's not real. Like right. it's not um, the social institution, the, 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 the performative, like we've got to put this mask on, we've got to bring our best selves to church. So we can't talk vulnerably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that's what's that's what I find so holy about you know the gay bar scene is you have people who are who have been so wounded and are seeking community and you know need guidance like I mean that's where Jesus Jesus was not in an institution not bound by four walls and and yes we've had to form a ch- the church and the institution but we've gotten so limited by mm-hmm. the brick building like we've just gotten limited yeah and you really hear that come out in the in our Gloria Cisse episode I think that's episode three and that's a really important one because the brick building has a lot of limitations right. to, be, to being the only way we view church right. yeah and there were moments so when I lived in Atlanta I lived in Atlanta for 11 years before I moved here is that a confession or a brag not to be a confession so in that 11 years a lot of that was what i would call my wandering years <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I, fun. yeah i'm sorry i missed those <laughs> so much fun um and a lot of those wandering years involved hanging out with my dear friends who happened to be part of the LGBTQ community. And I would go with them to what they would call their bars. They would say, come to our bars yeah. where everyone's welcome. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed there is that um, a lot of times we would close down the bars last call and we would um, wait for our ride um, outside the bar. There was one time where we were all waiting for a ride outside the bar and we started singing hymns. Um, There was one, one night I would go to a a piano bar on a Tuesday where we would sing Broadway tunes and um, magical, magical, but the pianist would also take a break and have a hymn sing in the middle of this. And the way that the people in the bar knew these hymns by heart and would would use their their wet bar napkin like a hanky um they they know these songs they have been in the church and a lot of them were pushed out of the church and are now marginalized by the church but they still have this this draw to to the songs and the music and and the theology and well because god doesn't quit on you when the church thank does. you oh, like you it is possible mm-hmm. for the spirit of god to move anywhere mm-hmm. even in a gay bar my mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. i've had more spiritual moments in a gay bar than i have had in <laughs> church i think um and mm-hmm. so Gosh, and the number of times I've sat at a bar um, as someone poured their soul out to me and then um, would just say, like, gosh, I need prayer and didn't even know that I was in seminary. Right. You know, like, wow. come on. Sure. Exactly what Jenna was saying. Right. Like, there's there are no pretenses. Right. They they take off their masks. It's it's everybody come as you are truly mm-hmm. not come like not like come as you are but in parentheses sure. and that, to me that's a more authentic church and uh, your church you know yeah. that that's that's what we should be about and that's mm-hmm. what the church the universal church should be about Absolutely. so i see exactly what you're saying and, and i mean wow that, that was very powerful well season one is out right now revs on the road uh listeners can Subscribe to wherever they listen to podcasts, uh, episode one. And by the time you listen to this uh, edition of Good Faith Weekly, episode two will be released. Uh, so yes. tell us what can the audience experience or what, what can they expect from season one, Revs on the Road? Who are you going to be talking to? Um, a lot of great people. Um, we are, we have some really exciting moments, just different community leaders and amazing faithful people that I think it's it ties right into this conversation you know because we're going outside of the four walls the the quality of leadership and depth improves because we're out there and (laughs) (laughs) we don't don't tell we don't want to offend (laughs) yeah no i mean i mean the capital c church the four walls um we're talking to some disability rights uh we're talking to a disability rights activist Mm -hmm. on the first episode um mental health um professional who has done some amazing work 
with grant writing for her community. Um, we're talking to another activist that's going off script. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a fun one. <laughs> we just booked somebody that I oh, really cannot wait to talk to her really about going, what happens when you go off script. I love um, that. Go viral. So. <laughs> Well, it sounds like a great first season. We're really excited about the launch of Revs on the Road. And uh, Reverend Ashley Robinson, Reverend Jenna Sullivan, thank you so much for being with us at Good Faith Weekly. But before we let you go, Autumn has one last question for you. Our tagline at Good Faith Media is there's more to tell. So in light of everything we've talked about today and your work, what is your more to tell? Jenna, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, there's more to tell about what's possible with church. There's more to tell about what God is up to. And it's an exciting shift in the church. Um, I'm excited. I feel like there's, there's a lot of potential in, in where God is leading us. And that's my more to tell. Love it. I would, I think I would like to say there's more to tell in that we don't always have to be the center of the story. Mm. And I think that is part of my why and wanting to do this. Um, While it's wonderful and beautiful to tell your story, and I will advocate for that all day, yes, tell your story, you also should know you don't always have to be the center of the story. It's important to to step outside your own story and to mm-hmm. learn the story of others. Mm-hmm. Yep. Beautiful. Well, here's my more to tell. Uh, go right now, turn off this podcast, and subscribe to Revs on the Road. And follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, they're on social media. Uh, Jenna, Ashley, you guys are great. We're looking forward to a wonderful first season of Revs on the Road. Thank you for being with us on Good Faith Weekly. I'm going to stow away in your back seat. I've just... (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Can I take a picture of of our screen? Yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. I'll smile. All right, here we go. Well, Jenna, Ashley, thanks so much uh, for being on Good Faith Weekly. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Good Faith Weekly. Until Autumn and I come back next week with another incredible set of guests. What did I do? Did I say no, something wrong? She was trying to get a selfie while you were still trying to wrap up. So let him wrap up. <laughs> uh, Pull the car over before texting. So until next time, keep living good faith.